tell you what, some of the most amazing moments in footy are definitely headlined when you hear this guy. Might not be over yet. Five seconds to oh, he let it bounce. 13, 13. <laughs> Ash McGrath comes in. It's on its way. It's there. The miracle of grass. The game is on his boot. So many great memories there, guys. I can still picture most of them pretty vividly. But anyway, lucky for this man, his voice was the soundtrack to those and many other incredible footy moments we speak of, of course. Fox Footy's Anthony Hudson. Hutto, welcome to the Press Box. Well, great to be there. Got my accreditation and uh, just put <laughs> in through the secure, past the security guard. <laughs> Mate, so uh, blessed to have you on the show tonight. Um, tell us a little bit about where you started in the media, how you got to where you are now. Uh, well, I'll try not to take the full time for the chat to, to uh, go through it all. <laughs> I started in Bendigo, in central Victoria. That's where I grew up. Uh, and at the age of about, oh, I mean, like most kids, I was running around in the backyard and um, kicking the footy and probably commentating and thinking that I was going to play for Geelong and in the summer bowling the cricket ball and thinking I was going to play for Australia. and. I probably still think I could get a game for Australia at some stage if they could sort of, sort of spin us. But somewhere along the line, I realised um, that I probably didn't have the talent, certainly not the courage, to be playing footy at the top level and, and sort of set my sights on becoming a, a commentator, which I sort of felt was the next next best thing. And I was really fortunate in my year 12, when I was like 16, 17, uh, that the local uh, FM community station started to commentate to the local footy and I went in and asked if I could help out and you know as these things fall a few weeks in the couple of guys that were doing it one of them couldn't do it and then the next guy couldn't do it and they needed somebody to call the game and they gave me a chance so yeah I was sort of I went from playing against you know a lot of the guys um, that that I was then commentating to to comment to calling them and um, getting that opportunity it was you know it, it wasn't the highest Standard, but yeah, you know, it was just brilliant opportunity for me to be able to do. It. I was probably terrible, but um, <laughs> it, it, it certainly gave me a grounding and an opportunity to get in there and start commentating. Now, Hutto, um, yeah, well known for uh, the three AW and Rex Hunt and uh, all and through the nineties. Uh, just uh, tell us how that started and just uh, how that just grew into uh, the must listen uh, radio on the weekend. Yeah, I've gone that period really fondly. Um, you know, I came down to Melbourne, did a, a journalism degree at RMIT and then got some work experience at 3AW um, and, yeah, doing league teams, you know, get in there on the Thursday night and read the teams out, <laughs> go to the tribunal, report on the tribunal um, and then do a bit of cricket in the summer, just updates on the Sheffield Shield. And um, I remember actually the first game I did, I talked them in at the end of working my 10 days of work experience into going down to a country Victorian town called Sale. And uh, Victoria was playing Sri Lanka, and I had a mate who lived there. So I said, "Look, free accommodation, it won't cost you anything. Let me go and report on the game." So I, they sort of they let me do a, an air check and said, "Yeah, okay." So I went and um, did the hourly updates, and I, you know, I remember the 
the wicketkeeper was Rick Graham, the singer, and the medium pacer was Kapila Widjagoota Wadna. Amazing memory. Took, took a little bit to get the tongue around, but um, the best thing was going out to my mate's dad's car. He had a ute. I remember getting there on the hour and listening to my, hearing my own voice say, Anthony Hudson, Macquarie National News. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be able to do that. So anyway, as I said, I could go on forever with these stories, but that, mm. that's sort of where I got the opportunity to get on air. And um, and I, I then sort of had to do straight journalism. Um, as I said, did a degree, but had to get a, a job not doing sport, which was really good grounding. Um, so I sort of learnt the, the trade, if you like, of reporting and so forth. Um, and then got a job as a sports journalist at Channel 10. And then mm. where I've probably been really fortunate is that the league and the, and the game and, and sports in general expanded nationally through that period. So they went from really most radio stations having the same two people call to needing extra people to cover all the games. And yeah. again, I was a bit fortunate things opened up and there was a spot next to Rex. So, wow. yeah, I got to go with Rex and Sam in their prime. And, um, you know, it was, it was pretty amazing when I think back on, you know, Rex was... Uh, Rex was doing a fishing show that was just going around the world as he would have told just to 4,000 million thousand listeners and viewers. And you know, Sam was, was fighting with everyone on the footy show and was much, much watch feeling on a oh, Thursday really? night. So, yeah, I, I, I really think that, it, you know, working with those guys probably changed the way I call from what was, you know, my, my heroes growing up were probably more you know, ABC and straight calling. Mm. And while I've always maintained, you know, quite an element of that, probably the element of, trying to add that excitement, a little bit of theatre probably came from working with Rex and Sam. Now, uh, Anthony, I'm not sure if you saw the vision from last week, but there was a, a video going around of Rex Hunt screaming Yablet at McDonald's <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning. How many times do you reckon uh, he said that those words next to you uh, when you were commentating? Oh, uh, yeah. Look, I, I um, the, the Yablet days were really probably at their best just before I was calling. I got to call Gary Ablett Senior a little bit, not much. You know, being a Geelong fan and loving Gary Ablett, I would love mm. to have called him more, but so I got to call the son for his whole career. But yeah, I mean, Rexy's Yablett calls. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he hates the crowd, Rexy, so yeah, he, would have, <laughs> he would have taken a lot of talking talking around to do that, I'm sure. Uh, now, Hutto, you said that you're a Cats fan. How do you separ separate yourself as a fan from the call? And as well, seeing as your two most popular calls, I reckon, were both against your, your boys. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is something I have to always remind myself of. I've never felt it's a massive problem because you're there to do a job and you're being professional. It, and I felt it was harder before Geelong had won a flag. In my lifetime, I'd only known disappointment up until then with four grand final losses. Um, so when they sort of started to come good in the mid-2000s, uh, you know, I was probably on edge a little bit about all of that. But I really only had... A, I felt like I only had an emotional issue when they were losing. That was when I probably... Yeah, you, know, you had to really go. Okay, just yeah, you know, just keep keep calm, keep control. Stop telling Farmer Thompson what he should be doing. Um, as we, you know, I don't think anyone in barracks for a team can associate with that. So I don't feel like I ever had a problem with you know yelling in excitement too much because I feel like I'm excited when any, any player kicks a goal or mm. any team does something well. So, uh, but it's just a little reminder to yourself. And every now and then, you know, if you if you have if you haven't reminded yourself, you do have to just go. Oh, just don't get caught up in that. Mm. So. Um, as I said, it's really just about doing your job professionally. Now, Anthony, I'm currently a, a sports reporter here for Channel 10 in Adelaide, and I deal quite a bit with Stephen Quartermain. Tell me, what were some of the best moments that you, you had sitting next to him commentating the footy? Uh, um, I'm glad you asked me about best moments with him calling the footy. 
Um, <laughs> oh, dear. I, I started at Channel 10 back with quarters. Uh, and Eddie, when I got into the Channel 10 sports department, it was Stephen Corder, mate, Eddie Maguire, and Peter Donegan. And, uh, wow. Yeah, anyway, that, that, that was a good experience for a wide-eyed boy, let me tell you that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it was fantastic. We had great opportunity in the, in, in the 2000s to, uh, to call finals. Like the, the first time the footy rights were split and left Channel 7, uh, where I'd been for two years. I, I was lucky enough to, to get a gig at Channel 10. Uh, Channel 9 had Friday Night Footy, and they did a, mm. a fantastic job with that. But we, we got Saturday Night Footy in the finals. So, yeah, I got to call all those grand finals. And I remember the first one, quarters that I did, 2001, which was, mm, yeah. sorry, 2002, uh, which Brisbane? was the second mm. um, Brisbane grand final. And it was Collingwood, and it was a really wet day. And we're halfway through the third quarter, and, I just remember elbowing quarters after a goal and said, can you believe this? We're calling a grand final and it's close. Yeah. Know, like it, was, it was a thrilling grand final. Um, so, yeah, we, we were really lucky. It was a, a great period. Obviously, quarters had the Leo Barry U star. Yeah. I, I wasn't calling that day, but I was sort of hosting, sitting up in the hosting box between Malcolm Blight and Lee Matthews. So that wasn't a bad, wasn't a bad alternative. Um, so yeah, it was a, like it was a charmed run, and you know, Quarters was great to work with and call with, and he had some great moments, and yeah, it was something we look back with with great fondness, and you know, just so lucky to be able to call big finals. Mm. Now there's a Hutto, there's a lot of Port Adelaide fans over here that would have heard you um, during the 2004 Grand Final, and you were actually commentating uh, when the siren went, and uh, have you got it here, Tuggers? I do. Have you got it? <laughs> Now, Hutto, how, how many days had you thought that up? Oh. <laughs> or was it spur, was it spur, oh. spur of the moment? Oh, spur of the moment and instinctive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, can, I can tell you the story behind those, I guess the end of the, the final siren lines, if you like, which you can tell, you know, in most cases, there's been some thought put into them. Mm. Um, and, and 2002, that first grand final I did, Brisbane um, you know, one had won two in a row and the siren went and I went, oh, Brisbane have gone back to back. You know, I didn't, I just, nothing really came to me. So yeah. that's kind of what I said. Brisbane have gone back to back. And while that's fine, I probably thought in the aftermath, it would have been nice to have something to say. So the following year, they when they won again, I sort of, um, I said, Brisbane are going back to back to back. And I, I did spend some time thinking, trying to work out lines uh, as to, because at the time, you know, Chicago had done, had done the three feet, mm-hmm. all those sort of things. So those sort of lines have been used. So, just trying to come up with something else. But I think I learned the lesson somewhere. And then the theme songs were obviously... So the one the year after were, was probably the first time I used a theme song. I mean, that was obviously... And, and have been for me and a few other people a rich source of, of uh, you know, of ideas to, to come, you know, to, to use at the end of a, end of a game. So um, it is just trying to come up with something because I think more and more in the, in the modern period uh, with, you know, with 24... With SEN, who I work for over here, 24-7 radio and... And you know Fox Footy and and just so much more media that li- that lines and 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 bits commentary lines are used mm. you know, for a, forever and a day and and in some ways particularly when you're doing TV you, you are a part of history, um, albeit a very small part but you are a part that gets replayed so that was probably where the thinking came from but I did learn not to be you know you really don't ideally you don't want to have a line and stick to it you know mm. no matter what because you can get too blinkered something else can happen. Yeah, you know, the game itself, 
um, or the storyline changes, and you have to be ready for that. So I, I've tried to do that over the over the period. And I'll tell you what, it, it has caused more headaches than it's been, it <laughs> to be honest. You actually spend the, the week or two before the grand final, thinking, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for all the Lions fans out there, if they actually did win four in a row, did you have something for them? Oh. Uh, look, I, I probably did, but I actually... I. I can't remember. I do have a few old you know, Word documents that probably might need converting now. They're that old. But <laughs> with a few old lines, you know, Grand Final 2000 and whatever, every now and then I stumble across when I'm trying to clear out some space on my computer. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what I had for that. But, yeah, four in a row. would have to have been something pretty good, I would have thought. You're finishing to a game on the siren. like The, the calls, there's so many. We heard just some at the start of the chat. There are just so many that you ended up on the end of and, and they've just come out so beautifully it's almost like it's a, it's a knack that you've got I'd love to ask you what your what you think anyway your biggest strength is with your calling yeah certainly the end and you know the one on the weekend with the, the bells and the city that I mean I'm not saying mm. that was that amazing but that just came I actually was just saying that the bells ringing and then I was in the head I thought of the city of church and so in some ways, they're the ones you like the most when something really just comes to you instinctively. Um, so, I mean, I suppose I, it's really, it's up to anybody. What Everyone has a different view of commentators. Some like some and like others or might like elements and not like others. But, yeah, I mean, I like to think that I can try and capture the moment. You know, that's probably what I would like to think. But I, I would equally like to think that, you know, you, you're trying to, Sometimes you're just trying to stay out of the way of a game too. Mm. You know, the game's good enough and you, you, I try and, you know, I'm always thinking about how I can do it better and sometimes I'll listen back and think, you know what, you just went a bit over the top or you, you probably tried a bit hard or got in the way. I don't particularly like listening back to myself. I don't think many people do, but, you know, like today I was listening back to a game from the weekend. The other one, you always pick, you do pick up things, but, um, but you know, so you always, like anything in life, I'm sure you guys do, you are always trying to improve and, you have to, as annoying as that is. So, yeah, to answer your question, I would hope that I can get the moment right. Yeah. But I would also hope that, you know, like the 95% of what mm-hmm. you're doing is just being that just being that background almost mm-hmm. and, and just being informative and as accurate as you can be. And you're going to make mistakes. So when that happens, don't, don't try and don't stress too much. And that's mm-hmm. probably something you learn over the period that, you know, if you make a mistake, you just sort of got to get on with it rather than sit there and, and stress out too much. Hardo, what about Nick Davis? Did you oh. believe it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually did, you know, because but getting back to what I was saying, you know, being a Geelong supporter, we had a lot of heartache, and um, it was as much it was as much saying, you know, I said, but I don't believe it. Like Geelong's lost again, as it was. How good was that goal from Nick Davis? So, um, yeah, I did a podcast with him the other day. Actually, it was quite weird talking to him about it, but. Um, I, I say to him and Buddy that I made you famous. So that's that's sort of that's what I say to them. I think Buddy's probably he's probably just done enough on his own to claim that he's probably made himself famous. But uh, yeah, I try and claim that it was me. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Hutto, is there a sport or an event that you haven't called that you would love to call? Is there a bucket list? Have you got a bucket list there to ready to tick um, off? Probably. Probably the U.S. Masters, and it's not really that I would actually need to call it. It's more I just want to go. Channel yeah. <laughs> uh, Ten had the golf for a fair while, and I think the only event I did for them was the Moona, the Moona Links Classic. <laughs> so I didn't quite make. I didn't. I wanted to make the Australian PGA cool and go and see Clive Farmer's dinosaurs, but I didn't even get a gig for that. But um, 
So, yeah, I love my golf. So I, I'd love to do a little bit more golf. Um, I, I, I've done, I did two Olympics in the really early days. I did Atlanta and the Sydney Olympics. So uh, I called swimming for Channel 10. We did the Con Games in 2010. Did a World Swimming Championships in Rome, which mm. I always say was probably my favourite event. Probably my favourite holiday, which my wife doesn't like. My favourite mm. trip away because she didn't go. But it was six days in Rome in the middle of a European summer, uh, working with Nicole Livingston, a couple of producers and every day we're staying at an old hotel that had been refurbished <laughs> in the heart of Rome and every day we'd uh, up down there for the end of just in time for the end of the heat do a little bit of research six o'clock we'd call the finals and by eight o'clock we're sitting in a different local Italian restaurant eating pizza and a bottle of red wine <laughs> life's hard so yeah I got to call Michael Phelps um, swimming a world champion breaking a world record and so yeah some of those international events um, you know I'd love to probably do a little Obviously, it's difficult at the moment, but probably love to do a little bit more of that. But, you know, in the last couple of years, I've done test cricket, which is something I always wanted mm-hmm. to do more of. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, don't just say this is a good one. I'm really thankful for the opportunities I've, I've been given. It's been, you know, pretty amazing, really. Been pretty lucky. So, yeah, so, yes, there's a, a couple of world events I'd like to do a bit more of, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I still love calling the footy and love calling the cricket. So, um, yeah, I, I, I certainly realise how fortunate I've been. Oh, we've, we're fortunate to have you on our TV sets just about everywhere we go every season. So before we go, we've only got a short amount of time with you. We'd like to ask you, what is your favourite call out of all of those incredible moments you've been lucky to sit in the chair and call? Yeah. Uh, you think I actually would have been asked that bit. Like, I probably have, but I'm not sure that I can really... Yeah, I'm not sure that I can really um, come up with one moment. I, I certainly think that I, I love calling at the Adelaide Oval and, you know, it's probably no secret at the moment. We're not travelling. So that game mm. on the weekend was was um, was called off the TV. So it's certainly not the same. The showdown, you know, the, the showdown was one of my absolute favourites wow. where the Motlop goal... Mm. Um, and the end of that, that that was certainly right up there. You got I mean, three, you got three uh, port supporters here that are all uh, <laughs> still hurts, Hutto. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, what a time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, probably calling grand finals. Um, certainly, the Nick Davis one was one that you know probably gets referred to, and the and the, and the buddy um, thirteen goals. Mm. So yeah, I haven't I haven't answered your question. I haven't really got it. <laughs> haven't right. really got a definitive one, but probably Michael Phelps. World record is probably, is probably yeah. as good a moment as any yeah. of them in terms yeah. of um, you know on a, on a broader stage. But yeah, from a from a and Virat Kohli being caught by Kawaja in the first <laughs> test that I'd, I'd really done in a long time when I'd done cricket early early doors over again at the Adelaide Oval. So I you know, love the Adelaide Oval and some of the. I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you guys at Adelaide. <laughs> I, I really, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess for me the, the heart of, of sport and footy is the MCG. So anytime I get to call there is is a real great and so yeah the grand finals are probably the yeah. thing in a broader sense but yeah some of those individual moments have been all over the place now Hutter, you got four budding sports journalists here in this room it's our 100th episode is there any do's and do nots uh, for us <laughs> any tips where we can take on board going forward for the future uh, for our uh, careers going forward wow there's a there's a open-ended question isn't it <laughs> <laughs> go anywhere no I, uh, I i just i always say i suppose probably guys that have guys and girls now which is fantastic there's plenty of girls coming through that want to be mm. sports journos or callers um, 
is just a. It is like anything. It really is about working. It's about it's about putting in the hard work. This is a boring answer for you, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Trying to improve yourself. You know, listening, exposing yourself to listen to things or watch things or read things that are well outside. You know, the narrow area of sport. Um, and I, like everyone who's in this industry, get gets locked away in sport and you know, finishing a day's work or whatever and then watching 360 and then listening to a sports podcast or whatever. But you know, what, you can, what you can learn from things outside of sport and outside of media, um, I'm always, you know, um, and whether it be referring back to my commentary or to something else you want to do in life, you yeah, always try to think of and get inspiration from other places. So I think that's probably, that's probably one thing I'd say is mm. look for inspiration from other places. And when something... When something you hear something or see something that you like, think, how can I, is there something in that for me? Is there somewhere I can incorporate that in what I do? Um, and then, and, and similarly, I suppose, just you know, look and see what the best people do. And you'll probably find a common trait and you hear, you hear players and sports people say this mm. all the time about the best. And they are the ones that people that work the hardest and train the hardest. And so that when you get into that situation, you've, you've already put the practice in and the work in and it becomes much easier to do. I don't I wish that applied to my golf, but sadly it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hado, we wish we could speak for longer, but unfortunately we've run out of time with you, mate. Thanks so much for joining us on this show. Always welcome to come back if you ever want, but uh, good luck with your calling. I'm sure it's only going to get better. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come on and talk about my favourite topic myself. So. <laughs> 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 All good boys.